The COVID-5 standard has been released. What's news in terms of governance and management changes? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Robert Stroud. He's a member of ISACA's Strategic Advisory Council. Robert, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Tom, it's good to speak to you. So, Robert, as we said up front, COBIT-5 is out now from ISACA. It's the latest edition of the Information Security Framework. What are the newest additions to the framework, particularly in terms of governance and management? All right, Tom, it's uh, the, the COVID-5. We've just had uh, the launch of COVID-5, which uh, is a guide to help practitioners correctly understand how to leverage the COVID-5 framework in an information security role and provide value through the organization's objectives and uh, securing the environment, delivering value to their customers, and also driving, uh, of course, the information security right down from a business perspective right through into how it's enabled within the IT environment. Now, Rob, I know that ISACA spent a good deal of time talking about uh, COBIT-5. How would you say it differs fundamentally from COBIT-4.1? Yes, that's a, that's a great question, actually. And, and the, the fun, there's a couple of fundamental differences. The first is that COVID-5 separates the notion of governance and management. If I can just explain, governance is effectively the role of top management where you evaluate the opportunities, you direct what is to be done and you monitor. And the governance role is typically segregated, although not always, from the actual role of putting those controls or management practices or processes in place that allow you to, on a day-to-day basis, not just uh, you know monitor the environment, but also put the work in place so that you can meet those corporate objectives. So COVID-5 typically separates governance in Evaluate Direct Monitor from management, where we, uh, uh, in that role, we set the objectives in place, we, of course, enable the capabilities, and then we, we monitor what's happening, and then we report back exceptions. And that's difference one. I mean, difference two is that uh, COVID-5 calls out all the various dimensions and enablers or inputs to a governance regime. And I think that includes, you know, things like the organization's culture, its ethics, as well as the things that you would normally consider, such as people, process and technology, the tools you use, and things like that. So it takes a holistic approach. But the third point is that COVID-5 incorporates or encapsulates the various frameworks that ISACA have developed over time, including uh, value management of IT, known as LIT, risk IT, or effective risk management, plus COVID-4.1, and brings them together into one framework that allows people to truly understand how to drive business and organizational value into a series of processes to ensure that that value is delivered and, of course, at the same time, the organizational's risk risk component is truly uh, understood, moderated, and mitigated where appropriate, but accepted where it's not. I mean, of course, there are a large number of other differences, but, you know, I like to remember things in three, so I'll stay with three for right now. Very good. Robert, it occurs to me that we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of COVID. So if we can take a step back for a second and look at the iterations, including, of course, the latest, 
How do you see organizations benefiting the most from this framework, and where do you see COBIT as being most effective for organizations? Yeah, take me back a step into the past for a moment. So, yes, you're right, we're getting close to the 20th anniversary, and COVID-5, as the number would suggest, is the fifth iteration. And uh, COVID's gone a long way from essentially being an audit and control framework in the initial version, where it was essentially used as to put an audit framework in place to ensure that uh, organisations were, in fact, you know, were actually... You know, delivering the capabilities and the uh, aligning to the business organisational rules and constructs that were put in place. Now, the world's changed a little bit since those initial versions, and we've had compliance come to the, the forefront of many of us. Uh, security's become a bigger issue as the business is truly uh, now empowered by technology. And uh, as we move on to COVID 3 and 4, we ended up with a framework that truly helped organisations manage their compliance requirements, their governance requirements, so on and so forth. As we come to COVID-5, we're faced with so many changing parameters in the world. Now, you've got your consumer-driven IT, you've got you know the big concept of bring your own device, you've got social media, you've got uh, you know the business delivering capability direct without IT. So COVID-5's fundamental difference that we're seeing today is that organisations are looking to take a value-based perspective to their governance of enterprise IT, or more importantly, their investments, their uh, IT investments that empower the business. And COVID-5 clearly supports that posture. It's designed so that you can really, truly understand what the organisational construct is, where you're looking to invest, and where you're looking to drive organisational value. And I think value is a key word in COVID-5, where is that value? And then how are we going to get there? And then, you know, the, the old days of IT with long-running projects to deliver business value over two or three years has gone away. So in measuring that value component, we need to understand where we are in terms of deriving business value so we know when to uh, effectively cut our losses. The term use in the industry is, I'm sure all the listeners are prepared, uh, uh, aware of now, is fail quickly. Well, rather than fail quickly, let's succeed quickly. And uh, one of the concepts there in succeeding quickly is always to know when we need to cut our losses or cut our investments or, or move or, or tack or change into a different direction. COBIT-5 provides an overarching structure so that organisations can put that in place and deliver that. And that's one of the areas where value is truly derived and uh, one of the true differences, say, from COBIT-5 to the past. So now COBIT-5 reaches back from the business initiative, the business strategy, right through to, you know, retirement. So almost true cradle-to-grave support. As you talked about the evolution of COVID, it struck me how different the enterprise is now than when it was introduced. For instance, you and I today are both sitting in our homes hundreds of miles apart talking to one another where when COVID came out, we would have been within an office someplace. So much is remote. So much is outside of the organization. Because of this, the IT threat landscape has changed. And so my question to you is, what do you see as the top IT threats to the extended enterprise today? And where do you see COVID-5 helping organizations to address those sophisticated and different threats? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the different threats, uh, the threat profiles change dramatically. If you we go back to when you and I started in this industry, we'd be surely in the same room and you know, might even be a hallway apart. 
and threats are different. Threats are, are fundamentally, you know, from inside. And don't get me wrong, those internal threats continue. But now we're seeing a lot of changes in terms of, uh, you know, the threat landscape and threat profile. And, uh, you know, we recently did a, a release on, um, you know, the, the threats that we're seeing in the industry and things like data leakage. I mean, this is becoming a fundamental business issue for many organisations today. You know, the fact is that, you know, data can leak out and you think about uh, that information and, and not necessarily, you know, personally identifiable information, but organisational information, trade secrets information. Clearly we're seeing that as a major issue out there. Inadvertent employee mistakes are still happening. So, you know, we're not going to stop them anytime soon because as you put process in place, you know, we do mitigate that to some extent, but they will still happen. Now, we're still seeing... And in growing, a growing threat, and I did mention consumer-driven IT now because of uh, bring your own devices. If the uh, enterprise construct is not effectively um, developed, you know, to control this this access from third-party devices, then you you may have the opportunity there, of course, to have data leakage or, you know, using those devices as a way to penetrate inside your organisation. I think we're getting better at that and better at managing that as we move forward. You know, other things like uh, uh, things that are very, very topical, like, you know, things like cyber attacks and external hacking and disgruntled employees are all still out there. They're single-digit uh, kind of threats if you want to put a percentage on them. But overall, what's happening is this threat landscape. There are more and more external threats now coming in to be able to get inside the uh, environment of the data center or the, the IT construct. And these need to be understood and not necessarily always avoided. Sometimes you'll just want to take a mitigation posture or you might want to take an acceptance posture depending on the business risk, the business climate, the business appetite. And I think one of the things is we, we, we've just released the COVID-5 for information security publication. One of the things we actually reinforced and support in that publication is how to put an effective risk posture in place and we need to understand that security begins at the business and as a holistic part. And that's one of the key aspects in the changing threat landscape. We need to be aware of all these threats. We need to you know, understand them. And we need to put effective process in place to either deal with them or if our risk posture allows us to accept some of them, how to deal with them after the event. Of course, that's going to depend on what industry you're in, uh, Tom. If you're in an industry, for instance, that cannot accept any risk, you're going to, or security, especially, you're going to take a higher, have a larger investment in security versus an organisation that uh, maybe can accept some of these and has a lower investment. This is all about understanding your risk profile from a business perspective and understanding what the organisational impact is so that you can make effective investment decisions in the right areas. And I think that's a key thing that we're seeing today is IT is moving so quickly we need to make effective decisions rapidly and realize that we may have to revisit them on quite a regular basis. Robert, for an organization that's already invested in COVID and certainly is up to speed with 4.1, what does the transition to COVID-5 involve for them? Yeah, look, that's a great question. Uh, we've actually produced a, a publication, which is an uh, uh, implementation guide as part of the COVID-5 series. And that implementation guide uh, also and the toolkit that comes with it gives you good guidance in terms of what you need to do. Well, the first aspect of doing this is to go back and have a quick look at your organisational posture and culture. 
in terms of, you know, what does governance of enterprise IT mean in your organisation, where are the threats, where are the risks, where are the uh, various opportunities. And uh, one of the things I think people see is fundamentally most of COVID 4.1 and your investment in 4.1 is indeed relevant in a 5.0 timeframe. So you can go through and look at those processes, those, those uh, you know, management guidelines you put in place and those aspects and you can take them forward. The net new piece in COVID-5 is the governance environment. And that's one of the things I recommend that uh, practitioners looking to effectively implement this. You might want to go and look at the implementation guide and actually balance the governance domain versus your current governance process you have in place today. All organisations have some form or structure or semblance of governance. And that governance process should map quite well to the guidance that we give in COVID-5 to effectively implement this governance domain. Like all frameworks and uh, standards, COVID-5 is not a, a you know panacea. It's not something to take and lift and use exactly as is. You're going to map it or mould it to your organisational requirements, your organisational constructs and the various competitive advantages that you have. So those of you already invested in 4.1, grab the implementation guide, have a look at that. Uh, as you download the implementation guide, there's a large number of uh, tools there. I'd do a quick government governance reassessment just to see where you are. And then after you've got this, you can then go back and look at the delta in terms of implementation. But do take this opportunity to really look at the governance area that you've put in place and make sure that you haven't got uh, too many controls in place. That's always a, a challenge in these days of uh, nimble and, you know, nimble organisations, nimble enterprises and being agile. You want to have the right number of process controls in place, not too many, because too many is cumbersome and uh, if you become cumbersome, that leads to complexity, which leads to difficulty in changing. And it's the age-old story. The more complex it is, the harder it is to change. So final question for you. For organizations and individuals for whom COBIT-5 is, is new, they're new to COBIT, what advice do you offer them to really help them maximize the standard and to improve their own information security programs and posture? Yeah. So I think uh, if we think about it, if I boil it down, let's understand that information security starts with the business, starts with the business risk, and IT is the vehicle that executes the business components in place. So security is everyone's role, it's everyone's job in the organisation. But in saying that, we don't need to be make it cumbersome or complex. What we need to do is put security awareness in place, put the right processes and controls in place, mitigate the organisation's correct, the identified risks, and allow our culture or environment of, you know, growth and expansion where appropriate. So in short, the guidance shouldn't be viewed as a set of rules that will constrain the organisation. The COVID-5 guidance is a set of guidelines to help them actually liberate their environment to do their job better. So they will put the right focus in the right areas and that's all what governance is about. Let's identify the outliers. Let's identify the exceptions to our business and allow top management to effectively drive the business based on those exceptions. And I think once we get that right as IT and the business, once we realise that managing the exceptions rather than the day-to-day -day business allows us the most agility, room to move and scope, 
I think we'll all become more productive, we'll all add more value, and we'll all be able to deliver the business the agility that it is so desperately asking for. Well said. Robert, thank you for your time and your insights today. Thank you, uh, Tom, and thank you, listeners. We've been talking about COBIT-5. I've been talking with Robert Straub, a member of ISACA Strategic Advisory Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.